Welcome to Tavern Talk. I'm Ben, your barkeep here today to discuss Trey McKnight's question, uh, if we'll ever stop playing Pathfinder and go full 5e. I'm joined by... Hi, Matt. This is Reed, who normally plays Corian Silicent and uh, Glass in Pumpkin Spice. And Sam, the DM of Pumpkin Spice, and I play Notch Stern in uh, 5e. And Jeremy, who plays Morva sometimes in 5e, and any filler in Pumpkin Spice. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, <clears throat> it's a pretty complex and interesting question, so I'm happy to cover it. Uh, I have a couple main points to hit, and everyone can feel free to derail or um, kind of take their own spin on things. But the first question I think that needs to be answered is, why the heck did we even go to 5e when we had Pathfinder? So um, I'm going to let Matt start that out. Why do you think we moved to 5e, Matt? Did you have any reasons personally or any ideas why? Well, I think that we discussed that we wanted to go to 5e because we wanted to try the new system. This was supposed to be D&D with a new spin on things and also easier to play. So we wanted to check it out, give it a new uh, feel because I think we've been playing Pathfinder for what, the past 10 years? Well, you guys have been playing for the past 10 years, so maybe me the past five. And we, uh, I mean, buying everything we needed for the new stuff, you know, we still had all the figurines, we still had the mats, we had most of the physical things. All we needed was a couple of books. And for all of us, we're all kind of working adults. So buying a couple of, you know, $20 books and spending maybe like 50 bucks to get a set of books didn't really seem like too much of an investment. Whereas, you know, spending maybe the couple hundred of dollars for all the dice and for all the figurines, that kind of was more of the meat and potatoes of the investment, which we already had. All right, and I'm going to kick it over. Reed, your take on 5e, were you interested when we started? Do you have any good reasons on why we took the plunge? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing there was definitely what Matt said about it being pretty darn cheap. The core player rulebook, honestly, had like 99% of the content, and you could kind of do a lot of the other stuff on the fly, so it didn't cost too much to get invested. And otherwise, me personally, I've played a whole bunch of different systems, and I was very interested to see where they were going with it. You know, I even have the 4th edition rulebook, despite how much nobody likes it, just because I wanted to see what they did with it as well. So for me, it was largely a learning opportunity to see how they decide to move D&D after 3.5. Yeah, so I think uh, one of the main draws that we had for 5e, besides it being new, um, was that we were getting a little bogged down with all like the rules that we had from Pathfinder, because we kind of like it that we can look up a rule and there is something to it, but it was kind of a nice idea to have it all streamlined for us in 5e. So I think that was uh, part of the draw. And Jerry, you can feel free to jump in. Um... Uh, for me, I mean, I play the basic characters that don't really rely heavily on lots of mechanics, but certainly I saw the lure of 5e and being a simpler system. Um, honestly, like I said, it doesn't matter to me as the fighter barbarian player, but it does add a, a new flavor to the game that is attractive in its own way. Very cool. Yeah, I think we all agree on almost all of those points, um, or, or you know, all of them. And um, my only thing to add was that I was 
mainly concerned with the being bogged down thing with Pathfinder and just kind of wanting a new streamlined experience because as a DM, having to know all the rules on how to do everything and having all that content available seemed overwhelming for making stories. So I thought if I could just get one core rule book, one new monster manual, I could start afresh and kind of just make something with those two books. Moving into the next section, um, has anyone actually developed a preference for one system over the other? So um, another question to make you guys talk about it is, if you were choose or forced to choose one system, which system would you choose? Uh, I guess I'll start that one off. I do have a preference. Now that we've played it long enough, I would honestly say how we play, I would prefer Pathfinder. I am the person that does like uh, modifying and tweaking my characters a lot more than like Jeremy said, he likes to do the barbarian. Um, I like playing, you know, kind of like gimmicky characters or even just weapon creating. I just find that so fascinating, which is why you guys always pound your heads against the wall when I'm like, so how do you make a potion again? What do I do to craft wondrous item? Um, whereas in 5e, we didn't really have that. When I was running my friends, I think 5e was great for them because it kind of pre-made their characters and they could kind of customize them a little bit but it really kept them on point so when they made those big decisions at level two of what kind of character they wanted to play they kind of just saw their characters grow every level and they felt every level their character was just that much stronger whereas in pathfinder sometimes it's the amount of your items and your level yeah and jumping on that I totally agree with Matt with the ability to customize being my big draw for Pathfinder over 5th edition. And, you know, technically 3.5 as well, since Pathfinder is largely based off 3.5. I really do enjoy the ability to customize a whole bunch of different things. Honestly, if I could get a system that allows me to customize more, I'd probably go for that over D&D. But as it stands right now, it seems to be the best option that we have available. Um, yeah, I mean that's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's. I can really make a decision because I feel like Five E is still so new and it's kind of neat. Um, and I feel like if I were to DM a Five E story, I can still throw a lot of unknown things to the players. I feel like with Pathfinder, since we've been playing it for a while, we kind of know what to expect, and having that um, unknownness from Five uh, E would be pretty neat. I think an interesting aspect of the whole unknownness that you just mentioned is that uh, comparatively Pathfinder to 5e, Pathfinder has like immediately what comes to my mind for uh, which system I would choose is like, I think I would choose Pathfinder, but I don't, I don't know if I have a preference right now, but the reason I would play Pathfinder is because there's definitely more routes you can take in the um, story or in a game, period. Um, the things like feats, which we we all play together, we all kind of have our own styles. We do branch out, but there's still like lots of feats that we don't use, but different storylines could allow us to use. And then for me, um, I think that I would probably say that given my time in life, I'd stay with 5e uh, only because it has been very, very simple to create a story for. And I felt like that story has gone across pretty smoothly. And I do blame some of that on the system. 
Um, I also think that keeping track of the characters has been very simple. Leveling up has been very simple. Um, but if I was a man with more time, uh, I think I think Pathfinder is the better system. Um, I just keep feeling like I'm missing something in 5e combat. And I also feel like I am not liking the lack of new classes coming out or the lack of variation on classes. You know, I've been checking every book that comes out um, and looking in the back of these things for new things to do. And um, I don't know, it's just, it's kind of lame that I am going to have to shell out another 120 bucks to get a couple more classes to choose from. Where with Pathfinder, like, we have so many. I mean, the archetypes alone, let alone, like, new classes, are just awesome and fun and endless. So I don't know, I like, yeah, if, if I was a man with more time, I think Pathfinder is the better system. Any uh, final statements there? Yeah. Um, so one thing I would like to say to Sam's point of the unknown, I kind of feel with Pathfinder, we have enough developed, again, back to it has 3.5 roots, that you can actually pretty easily make brand new things in there that don't even exist. And while 5e has that whole entire mystique of, well, we won't give you rules and therefore you make up your own rules, you can technically still do that with uh, Pathfinder, and yet you can still you still have a basis to build off of even without even even if you're trying to make something totally new. And this goes back to I don't know if uh, anybody who's listening has ever been on Giant in the Playgrounds forums, but I remember I used to do monster creation uh, contests in those forums. And even if you just take that small segue uh, segment of the whole entire Pathfinder experience. You know, there's tons you can do with creating brand new monsters that could surprise your heroes. And it's the same thing with traps and anything and spells even. So I feel like there's enough groundwork made that even though there are rules that you can base it on, it's a wide enough system that you can be extra creative as well. So I think that you can create your own housebrood combat, uh, comment, uh, housebrood content in Pathfinder maybe a little bit easier than 5e just because you are confident that you have these guidelines to go by that will help you. Do you think you were saying, Sam, that like we're excited by new rules or, or what sort of things are exciting us in 5e? Sorry to clarify. No, I think like, um, I, I mean, there aren't really, I doesn't feel like there's new rules in 5e, but um, like the one, uh, I know there's one monster in 5e. It's like the golem dur or something and it it's like a rock but it can create more rocks so like if you don't take out the the original creator like then it kind of i feel like it's a little bit more gimmicky i don't even know if it's true and i'm sure it could even be in pathfinder but uh, i just wonder if there's just it just seems since we've only done one story i've only done one story with it um which is lightlessness and i feel like there's so much more that we could we still discover with it and I don't have um, like all the books or nothing, so I don't. I haven't read them yet. But Pathfinder and three point five, and uh, I've you know just spent like nights just reading different pages and stuff. So it seems less mysterious. That's an interesting point. Um, there are five bestiaries for Pathfinder, so I'm sure we'd find some surprising and interesting content. Um, but you may be right that uh, Wizards really put their best writers and best minds together for 5e and said, like, we want to break up some of the staleness and come up with something new. And maybe that's some of what we're experiencing. Um, I'm not entirely sure myself, but I do think the monsters are really, really well done in this edition. Uh, they just feel like fair fights. They feel like interesting fights. Uh, and that might be part of the combat system I was harking on earlier. 
but it's you know just something yeah, that is something good to think about and i actually wanted to um bring up one other preference that i um for pathfinder is this skill system has anyone else come to kind of a conclusion on whether or not they prefer that legacy skill system in pathfinder or if they're really liking 5e simplified skill system um i feel like i i don't know with the 5e there is it's awesome that there are some like simplified things but then it was also kind of cool when we've never sat down with pathfinder and just said let's try to power level and, or let's try like power game and have one character just do this one character do this and one character do this we've always had let's make our characters and then as we're in we fit them around with 5e i feel like um the way that the skill set works out even if you don't technically try to like break the well not break the game but if you don't try to hyper game and like make your one character good at that one thing that you can still be good at other things you know like the um it depends more on the dice roll not necessarily your skills like your preset on the skills which i thought was a little more exciting i um you know i don't want to cut anyone off but i'm totally with you matt that like uh, light bulb you're, you're completely correct that our team could be any group of heroes and still do okay and that wasn't necessarily the case in pathfinder for a lot of campaigns we'd have holes in our team that you felt um and you know maybe some people want that sort of realism but it isn't really fun when you're trying to play a hero and you're like well i guess no one can do this or you know especially the healing system you know that's a big big well, uh, down it also could be the fact that we only do have three to four pcs whereas some groups might have four or five and that extra person could really be a um they could they could fill that hole you know so i mean maybe having like a smaller group because I think we've never had like a four or five man group uh, in 5e. So maybe that might, it might seem like too much. It might seem like there's too much overlap. Whereas in Pathfinder, that would be great because then we could each fill our own skill set. Uh, so can anyone else speak on that idea about more overlap? Because I think that's a really interesting one that Matt brings up. Uh, do you feel like that if there was too many PCs that we'd not have our specific roles like we do in Pathfinder? Or... Do you think it's just always a matter of having to build your character on everyone else's character? I think I could weigh in here. Um, I feel like the skill thing is too streamlined. And I mean, I think um, Reed's character and my character, we overlapped. And, you know, like we said, there's just four of us. And I feel like since there's so few skill options that we have, that, like, we, we kind of did have a bunch of holes in our, in our party. Because I think I, at least I think this is right. Like Reed and I both had Nala Drakina, and like that was kind of like our thing. And then we had, but like none of us had um like a medicine skiller or something. Do those exist in Five E, guys? I, I don't remember. I, you know, this this sucks that we haven't played in like two months. But um, you know, I don't I don't remember the character sheet and what skills are available. But I didn't remember Nala Drakina and medicine. Are those available? Arcana is, I don't know about medicine. Can I, while we're asking that question, can I get a clarification on this? Because since we never level up our skills ever, which is one of my big gripes about the whole entire skill system, I can't even remember back to when I first made my character whether I had options for skills or if they were all packaged into the kits. No, what you, know, you uh, sorry, uh, what you did was you picked the ones that you want your proficiency to go and then your proficiency levels up. So the skills that you said, these are the most important skills to me, level up with your character. So, weren't, the, God. Weren't, weren't those just part of the kits, though? I no. seem to recall this being just, I, I picked Noble, and therefore I got a set number of skills that I could get, and 
Uh, well, as a rogue, I got to pick like two. I think with your class, you can pick like two of five or like one of five or something like that. I think. I think um, Reed is touching on something here. It's you get two from your class and one from your profession. Uh, I have the thing in front of me here too, and there was a medicine. But um, ultimately, if we all get to pick three, and there's only a total of three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen. Yeah, it's a math podcast. There's about twenty of them. Then um, a group of six fills out eighteen of them if they try to diversify. Um, so I don't. I, that doesn't sound bad when I say it that way. Yeah, a group of six. But again, we've got groups of three and four. I think four probably being maybe four or five being the most popular. But um, the reason I brought this up was simply because the thing that I liked about Pathfinder was I could develop my character skills as I went. So if my character came from the sea, let's say, let's say he was a pirate and all of a sudden he spent the next half a campaign in dungeons, I could stop picking pirate skills if I wanted to and start picking up skills that actually made sense for the development of my character, which I can't do in 5e. And um, along with that point, like we could draw a real line in the sand here. Um, without the ability to change those things, uh, we can't necessarily change the way the system plays. But in Pathfinder, we could always, as a DM, lower the gate to pass skills so that players really only needed to get a max of 10 ranks into a skill until they can move on to other skills and learn new things. You know what I mean? So it is possible to make Pathfinder friendly to that diversification of skills that's necessary for smaller parties to move forward throughout a campaign uh, and allow the role-playing involved to learn those new skills, where I don't know that that's necessarily possible in 5e without drastically changing the rules to give you a new skill that gains proficiency every five levels or every 10 levels. Um, and then you just automatically get your full proficiency bonus at that level. Like it feels a little different instead of just getting skill points when you're supposed to earn them. Uh, and then also don't forget that the DCs for Pathfinder are much higher. So like I said, a lot of it does depend on your role because rolling a 15 in Pathfinder, you might only get 17 or 18 if it's a skill that you haven't trained your character on, say perception. Whereas in uh, 5e, you might have a character who they're super focused on perception, but they only but they rolled a 10. Their thing might be 17, whereas a person who rolls a 17 just spot on found it, you know? Yeah, and um, that was part of my point that uh, it's up to the DM to say like, well, I want my party to have an easier time and just fudge the skill checks a little lower in Pathfinder. I feel like that's a very simple thing to do. Say like, well, if this is normally a 20, I'll make it a 15 because I know my party's skills aren't that diversified and we want to have fun and move forward. Where right, I'm not yeah. sure what you do in 5e to fix that same issue when you a party does more skills. Points. So you could do the same thing in 5e. It's just that you have to... The, the more we play it, we'd feel comfortable doing that. So to Trey McKnight, um, you know, when he's saying if we'll ever stop Pathfinder and go to 5e, we would have to really play a lot of 5e to commit to saying, I think, to commit to saying that, okay, you know what? We know the DC's enough that we know if we tweak it three points, we'll be able to get, you know, another... Like, we'll be able to get at least one pass out of the party. Whereas in Pathfinder, we know, okay, we need to tweak it down, like, DC 25, and then that's it. We're not going to go any lower. But in um, 5e, we're still not comfortable with it, so we're still, like, muddling through. And also with 5e, we said that we wanted to go into it giving the most 
um, commitment to the book rules and not tweaking it. So like we as a group have said we want to go in without tweaking anything, whereas Pathfinder we do have a lot of home rules, um, which makes it a lot more convenient for us to play. So just we have to keep that in mind when we're talking about this too. Yeah, um, I you know I think that's that's an interesting point and the home rules thing I was gonna um, bring up. So why don't we move into that um, instead of talking about what we'd lose in converting to either system. Uh, how important are home rules in enjoying a system? Like, do you guys think that that is the most important thing since this is a game to play with your friends or should systems be played by the book? How's everyone's feelings on that? And I'm going to let's start with Gail to get them to chime in or Jer, sorry. Uh, that's fine. Um, I was going to chime in earlier, but then I lost my train of thought when everyone got off further into it. Um, would it be better to sorry can you repeat the question yeah do you think house rules are like necessary to enjoy a play system and that like any play system wouldn't be as fun as another play system with house rules and for an example like think of the random silly campaigns that we've done where we didn't care about the rules are those the most memorable and fun campaigns and it, does that say something about you know the rules are just there to help do things and ultimately we should make up our own rules like 5e says or what do you think? I think that making up too many homebrew rules can just ruin the original core of the game. I mean sure it can be fun but then you're not playing the same game. Um, additionally there's um, sorry, there's, you can play a game one way and enjoy it, and then you can have people who play a game another way and enjoy it, and if we were to always homebrew, it might lose its fun, um, so it's almost like there are options, and it's just a matter of taste, and how you feel at the time. Sam, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think they're really, they can be really fun, but um, like you said before, I don't have the time to really create a system for everything that pops up um, and, and have it be either unique or fair or good. Um, so it's nice to be able to look into the rule book and see, okay, this is the fair DC that they've decided, and that's what we're going to go with. Um, but I mean, with like some of the things that we do, I I'm sure that like seventy percent of the things that we did um, on the fly are always just going to be. We don't reference. I feel like I don't reference it a lot when I DM and I just try to like, okay, this sounds about right based off of what I know from other rules. I can make a home brew rule that it should be comparable. I really want to get back to that, but I want to give Matt and Reed a chance to respond in that order, if you guys have anything. Um, okay, well, for me, I just want to say that it's always good to have a set of rules, because when, when you were a kid and you were playing, like, you know, Army Men or, like, House or something, uh, if you're a female, or even a male, I guess you could play House with dolls. Anyway, um, when you're playing with that, there's no set of rules, so you, there's no, like, win-loss scenario. There's, you know, oh, well, I think it's like this, so well, I think it's like this, and there's no middle ground. Having a set of rules at least gives you a middle ground to kind of compromise on. 
and it's good for a DM to kind of be an independent, almost like independent party where you're just the rule liaison. You're not the rule writer. So people don't get upset if you make a rule or if you enforce a rule that they necessarily didn't know or didn't think about. Um, it kind of takes the animosity out of a friendship thing. But if everyone sits down and agrees on housebrew rules outside of the game, it makes it a lot easier as long as you stick to those rules. So if there's pre-planning, it's fine. But you can't just change the rules willy-nilly as a DM. Otherwise, people kind of get upset, and understandably so. I was going to respond basically the same way as Matt, where I think that homebrew rules are largely useful. It's very useful to be able to tailor your game. But the core of the system does come into effect and is very, very relevant because it ends up being the basis for all the homebrew rules. You don't necessarily just say, okay, I'm going to randomly create a brand new system for whatever I want to house rule. You generally base that off, off of other rules. And therefore, the core system that you're using that you're building off of for the homebrew rules ends up being extremely relevant. And furthermore, you may not always use the same homebrew rules, and therefore you're going to have to go back to the core rules at some point to begin with if you want to change things up and you decide, you know what, we're going to stop playing this way. We're going to start, try playing a different way instead. You're going to end up falling back on the core rules, and therefore the strength of the core rules is important. So I like that we all kind of came to the same position. It's probably why we play D&D pretty well together. Like, you know, we don't kill each other each night and people don't walk out and throw things at each other. Um, and I think that that adherence to the core rules is necessary to play sports and like everything that we're talking about. So Sam had brought up a point uh, similar to the idea. Actually, Matt brought up a little bit, Reed brought up a little bit, but Sam had brought up clearly that when I know the rules, I could make minor adjustment to the rules. And that plays into one of the questions I posed you guys beforehand, which is, is it simpler or worth only knowing one set of rules slash books? Because the amount of times we've been confused during Tavern Talks between 5e and Pathfinder has been rather high. And we do talk about that if we knew a system better, we'd be able to better tailor it to ourselves and you know handle a lot of things on the fly. So do you think it's our detriment to be trying to play two systems at once? And uh, ultimately, we should go back down to one system, which is the, the, the major point of this Tavern Talk, but now a new point to that same question. And I'll kick it over to uh, Reed. <laughs> All right. So honestly, again, as I've mentioned before, I have played a number of systems. And to the point that I made prior to this, where the strength of the core system is very, very relevant, there are different systems that do different things well. So for example, I played called Cthulhu. I really like the way that that game plays out in terms of uh, thematic tension and stuff like that. And the core rules to that help bring that out. It's not just a, okay, we're playing Call of Cthulhu and then we're going to play the game this way to make it more Cthulian, uh, to make it more like the mythos. Instead, the rules do add something to it. It adds, you know, your psychology check. And if you just end up getting spells, which maybe you shouldn't do because if you cast the spells, then you lose your sanity. And, you know, there's a bunch of different mechanics in here that just add to the whole entire sense of impending doom and fear and risk that you might go insane whereas honestly the d20 cthulhu system uh i can't remember the name of it exactly but i believe it was put out by wizards that i did not feel was as thematic and maybe that has a little bit to do with the fact that it was based off of d20 system and therefore felt a lot like dnd and therefore, I had expectations going in based on the rule set. I will merit that that is a possibility. 
However, I still feel like the uh, Chaosium Call of Cthulhu set felt a lot better, especially because it de-emphasized combat for playing Call of Cthulhu as opposed to a D20-based system. Again, because in my experience, those are based somewhat or to a greater degree on combat. So to answer the question more concisely, I think that it's useful to have multi- to know multiple systems because it allows you to play in different genres of games. And when you get to playing those games, you just push everything else out of the way and just focus on the roles at hand. We've been giving everyone a chance to kind of give their own separate answers, but I want to make this part a discussion because I think we're getting to the real core of it. So um, I'd like to ask the next question of whether or not Pathfinder and 5e are different genres. I'm going to go with no, probably just because they're both really similar, and I think more the campaign that you run sets the tone for the genre that you're going to play. Um, um, I'm so, in agreement with Sam, yeah. So if, if no one's in disagreement, then the other question we can ask is, um, does one campaign make playing different genres easier, or what type of genres are easier to play in one rule set over the other? I think I said campaign, but one rule set over the other. Well, when it comes to, I, I would honestly say that either one of them can be either way. Right now, Pathfinder, just because it has more information out there, there was just a sale on uh, what D twenty. They're not paying us for this, and it's already over, so you can't listen. So you can't buy it, listeners. Uh, but there was a sale of over two hundred digitized books for like what ten bucks or twenty bucks. Whereas D and D, there's only maybe half a dozen books or a dozen books written right now. Um, the dungeons that they make are thematic. They do have elemental dungeons. They have the dragon horde dungeons. So they do have different themes of these. And I guess like, you know, so there are some in five, but they've already had all that in Pathfinder. So I guess either one. I'll chime in because I don't know if anyone has a lot of real answers to this, but I think that there is probably more customization available for different types of genres with Pathfinder. But I personally would say that I like playing in this high fantasy or whatever type of fantasy genre you want to call it with wizards and warriors and elves and, you know, just more of a, I guess, Tolkien universe or whatever. Um, and even even my campaign of lightlessness isn't so much a horror campaign. It's more just a D&D campaign with werewolves. And I, I call it a D&D campaign because, again, like, that's what I think of when I think of D&D. So, I don't know. I, I think that maybe Pathfinder would be better off because 5e only has six to eight books out like Matt said and um, I could probably find a supplement for any type of genre that I'd ever dream of for Pathfinder so I'm going to chime in at this point and I'm still going to maintain that I have the Heroes of Horror supplement book for 3.5 and despite having a 3.5 slash Pathfinder based book I still believe that and I know you might be just comparing 5e to D&D 3.5 slash Pathfinder, but I still maintain that another system, i.e. Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu, does the horror better than the horror supplement for 3.5. Okay, then we need to focus on um, fantasy. Um, and I think we actually answered another one of my questions, which is um, whether or not these editions or D&D are as different as playing Call of Cthulhu or things like that. Um, and... Uh, they aren't that different. So it makes sense maybe to learn a new system and play Call of Cthulhu or Star Wars or um, Warhammer. 
but uh, maybe it doesn't make as much sense to play two editions of D&D, at least for 10 years' time. So um, my, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a wrap-up. I don't want to keep everyone too long. But um, I'd like everyone to take their turn for one last time. Uh, and you can always jump on each other's points if you feel the need in between. But um, say whether or not you think the podcast would be easier to just have Tavern Talks and one campaign. Uh, and if you think uh, where you think you'll be five years from now, if you think you'll be playing Pathfinder or 5e. Um, and if you want to say both, you could say both. But I'm going to go back to the beginning lineup we had. So I'm going to have Matt go first, then Reed, then Sam, then Jer, and then I'll close this out. Five years from now, I would like to see myself be playing Pathfinder, unless I'm playing with new people, which I, in which case I would like to play 5e. Um, I think for recording purposes, it would be a lot easier for me just to learn one system. Learning both, we kind of forget some of the nuances. We don't even use the attack of opportunity, or not attack of opportunity. We do get confused a lot with just attack of opportunity, which is a very basic thing in battle. And we also forget um, the plus two of the flanking bonus, which is it's technically not a flanking bonus. It's a opportunity bonus or something, like an advantage bonus. These are things that I've, I've just lost because I don't play one system. and Or I don't play it as often as, like, you know, we really, all of us would like to because of just life. But five years from now, I would like to be playing Pathfinder if I had a choice between the two. I'll, with you guys, with a new group, I might be playing 5e. I'm going to chime in and ask, do you think, Matt, the optional rules in 5e makes it kind of harder since there's not just straightforward, like, the flanking? Because the flanking is an optional role. The plus two bonus in 5e is an optional role. Do you think that makes it harder for groups? Because now we all have to learn and decide on which optional roles we're going to take from the onset? Uh, I think that if, like I said before, if we if we decided what roles we wanted to keep to prior to making our characters, prior to playing the game... Yes, but going from session to session, turning on, turning off, turning on, turning off rules, that's not fair to any of the players, that's not fair to our characters, and that's not fair to the DM, for the DM just to think, wait, did I turn this rule on or off this time, or is it more convenient for me to have it on or off, you know? Um, I kind of think with Pathfinder, we have a very, and it's something I'm more familiar with, I think we have a very good report with that system. And even if there are things that I don't know, which you guys have heard, I don't know a lot of that system, but I do know that the tools to find it are very easy. Whereas because everything's in a book with 5e, it's unless we memorize everything, it's very difficult. And just me memorizing or just read memorizing it, we still have to go, is he right? We have to fact check it, you know, and it's not really super duper fun when we're recording for the listeners. And it's not super duper fun for us. We have to pause when we have four hours a month to play, um, to have to pause for 10 minutes to look up a rule. So that's why I'd like to play with us five years from now, Pathfinder. All right. So for the podcast, I think there is a very good argument to having just one system exactly for what Matt said. I think Matt definitely has very valid points there. The only other argument is that Having some diversity in the lineup it may make it more enjoyable for listeners. You know, obviously, we can have listeners who listen to 5e podcasts come in, and we want it to be enjoyable to everybody, right? We want to get as many people listening as possible. So I think that there's some merit to that. Maybe a solution could be having separate groups if we're that concerned about keeping the rules straight. Like I said, Matt had entirely valid points, and I agree with him on those. So just as a caveat, I think there is benefit to having both on the podcast. 
And I'm sure nobody in this call is surprised if I take option C for what I would like to be playing in five years, which would be Horizons, the best RPG you haven't played yet. I love you, Reed. Looking forward to it, Reed. Um, I think... I mean, one of the reasons why we started off with playing with both um, styles of campaign and anyway for the podcast is because we wanted to compare them and uh, introduce the new, it's not really new anymore, but we want to introduce the new 5e to our listeners. Um, and honestly, I don't mind having both. We, yeah, we forget uh, rules every once in a while, um, but our tavern talks we'd have to change that, I guess, the kind of the way that we are, um, since our tavern talks basically are from comparing the two and, and seeing the benefits and problems of both sides. And if we just switch to just uh, Pathfinder, per se, then um, it would just be one-sided. And I obviously, I like Pathfinder, and I'm still, like I said before, there's that mystique about the 5e, but... Um, I think I, I would lean towards Pathfinder just to have that flexibility, and there's just so much still to do with it. Jeremy? I got distracted by your typing on the Google Doc, but I'm um, sorry. Um, Guys, those are my notes for what I'm going to talk about. Please don't <laughs> I know read them and use them, because that would be unfair. I don't intend to, no worries. Um, in five years, I don't know if I'm even going to be back in America to begin with, <laughs> but um, uh, I would probably, I don't know, like Matt mentioned, I've been playing Pathfinder for 10 years apparently. I don't know if I, well, no, I think you, you guys have maybe one or two years more than me, so I've only been playing for like eight or something. Uh, and unfortunately, my Playstyle hasn't changed much, um, but I mean, if I ever did want to expand expand my scope of sight, I mean, I have tried playing druids and sorcerers, so it's not like I'm completely out of the loop here. Um, but I think, in terms of the podcast being easier, uh, if it was just one campaign, five year Pathfinder. It would be easier. Uh, the question is whether or not we'd be satisfied with that. Um, I know we all don't have time. That's obvious. Um, but uh, it comes down to ultimate enjoyment, I guess. All right. Um, I would love to be the producer for the Pathless podcast and have six other people other than us playing, or, you know, whatever number of people, playing 5e and just having them give me the recordings and tuning them up and posting them in probably a separate podcast and just have it be a network, you know what I mean? Uh, I think I think the podcast would be simpler if you knew what you were getting. Um, I do understand, you know, on that podcast idea that the Tavern Talks would probably disappear, um, but I'm okay with that like like they're not a big part of my enjoyment of playing DD. i just think they're kind of interesting to talk about they're a reason to get together with you guys and talk which is nice um i think like matt said though i probably would be teaching my sons how to play 5e uh it seems pretty easy it seems 
like the simplest system to get people introduced to it. And I'm always getting these weird things in my feed, like 70 year olds play 5e for the first time, their first instance of D&D, and they love it. And I think it's true. I think that Pathfinder doesn't necessarily make you feel as involved from the start as 5e does. And it must feel really good to like get into 5e. Um, so, you know, th that's, that's, that's a really cool point for the system. And it's kind of like a gateway drug to me, uh, to other systems, I think. Um, but the, the rule set thing is, is very important to me. Only knowing one rule set, knowing that rule set well, um, saving time and energy with that rule set, having everyone know the agreed upon rules, like that, that all gets important to me. And um, I think that without Tavern Talks, without, um, you know, one of our campaigns, we would get through campaigns quicker. Our schedule would be easier. Everyone would know what to expect. Um, but obviously like everyone kind of had hinted towards the podcast would probably struggle. It's hip and cool to play 5e. Um, at least it was when it came out. I don't know if it still is, but I imagine that there are people who came into the system with 5e and don't want to learn Pathfinder and can't necessarily, um, tack on the knowledge from Pathfinder to 5e. So if they see something in 5e, they can transfer that to their own games and that's helpful and useful to them. But as for us having fun together, like I see myself playing Pathfinder and having fun together with you guys. So um, I will give everyone their final chance to talk. Uh, we're going to go Matt Reed, Sam, Jer again. Uh, any final points? Try not to ramble on. We got our chances to do that. Uh, so these are just points on other people's points. And then I'll close this out. What's grand can't fly? A parking lot. Under Reed. So I recognize that I'm not supposed to bring up anything too new, but I would just say, and this doesn't have anything to do to systems, that I do appreciate the fact that I have multiple characters to play and that I can play in different campaigns. We have never played terribly long campaigns in our history. Obviously, this is probably the longest time-wise, like actual time-wise, that we've been playing one campaign. But I do appreciate the fact that I get the chance to play different characters. And therefore, if we did switch to just Pathfinder, I think that it might be a benefit to add a second campaign anyway, since we're just wor worried about the rule books, uh, so that we have some variety to the content. Sam? I, I really like what Reed said, um, because it is nice to be able to play different kinds of characters. Um, but honestly, I would be fine with picking either um, 5e or Pathfinder if it meant that we got to play more at this point. Sure. Interesting point, Chair. All right, I think that wraps up everyone, unless Chair wants to chime in. I don't really have much to chime in. Um, it would just, it would be, I like having multiple characters as well. Um, but certainly I'm, I'm an outlier here because I don't even get to play much, even when you guys do. All right, it's closing time um, for today's episode of Tavern Talk. Uh, since I get to do this outro, I'm going to say that it, we would all love to play more characters. We'd all love to play three times a week with three separate campaigns. Um, but unfortunately, I don't think that's the life we live. So I still hold by with one campaign. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to the Pathless Podcast. We've had a few more followers on Stitcher. I didn't get a chance to write them down. Uh, but I, I do appreciate everyone who's still tuning in. We don't know what's going to happen to this podcast. This has been a three-week late. Maybe it'll only be two-and-a-half-week late. Uh, upload for us because of babies and kids. 
um, you know, everyone's got stuff going on besides the babies and kids too. But uh, that that is a major time commitment in our lives, and it's an investment that we, we're happy to do. But unfortunately, it means that we need someone else to take over the podcast. <laughs> it's it's for sale. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, uh, check out the website pathlesspod.com. We've got a pretty big backlog. I mean, I still look at a lot of other bo- podcasts, and we've produced a ton of content. And uh, I hope if you're just tuning in for Tavern Talks that you will find the time to listen to either of the campaigns and believe that they will be finished one day. Uh, We have no interest in ending any of those campaigns. We're just trying to figure out how to keep playing them in the new world that we live in. Um, We thank you for your support. We thank you, Trey McKnight, for reaching out on Twitter and giving us this idea to talk about. And I think that, you know, this this may be the Tavern Talk to end all Tavern Talks, at least in relation from 5e to pathfinder and uh maybe we can have a little bit more fun i know we have some other ideas that kind of just talk about um elements of them that don't necessarily compare and contrast but are, are fun things um because I, I don't know what let what left what there's left to compare and contrast but thank you guys for joining me matt reed sam jer uh it was cool to have jer here he's sitting at university in japan right now recording in an empty room so that was a lot of fun uh everyone sign off and i'll just uh end it when i hear everyone's last goodbye See you, everybody. Nice talking. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Hopefully, we'll hear from you. Hear from us again soon. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully, you guys keep supporting the podcast. <laughs>